Hey, are you, are you sitting down? I can't see you yet. Stand back up to your feet, if you would, please. Let's give God a shout of praise in this house for who he is, what he's done, what he's going to do. Thank you, brother. Oh, come on. He's God now. Come on. Come on. Thank God for all he's done. Thank God for the blessing to be able to come into his house and worship and have fellowship. Amen. Amen. Be seated, if you would. Thank you so much. Take your Bibles, find the book of the Gospel of Matthew, please. The Gospel of Matthew. We're going to continue our look at the church. I promise this has an end. Has it helped anybody yet? Okay, then we'll keep going. You're like, dang. I, I legit don't even know what, what, what week this is, but I... In terms of the series, I know what the date is. Um, I told you a couple of weeks ago that we were going to turn a corner, and that's exactly what we've done and what we will continue to do. It, God's got a lot to say to His church, Amen. And he's looking for men and women who will say what he said and what he's continuing to say. We've covered a lot of ground. Let's launch where we've launched every week. You're in Matthew. Stay there. Second Corinthians. You'll see it on the screen behind me. Take out your worship guide and take notes. If God says something to you, then write it down. Here's where we start. I hope... Paul said, you will put up with me a little more, with, with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me. He had a burden. He says, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. I promised you, Paul said, as a pure bride, as a pure bride to one husband, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, here comes the bride. Last week we asked the question, what is the purpose of the church? And we determined that the purpose of the church is worship. Although I, I love this, the purpose of the church is in order that he might make worshipers out of wanderers, in order that he might restore us again to the place of worship we knew when we were first created. Worship is the purpose of the church. Amen, Jeff. It's all right. That's all right. I got, I got this. Worship is the purpose of the church. Today, the question before us is what is the mission of the church? Everybody say mission. mission. What's the mission of the church? The mission of the church. The mission of the church. We know our purpose. Our purpose is to worship. So what do we do? What do we do? What's the mission? Why are we here? Well, you said we were here to worship. Yes, absolutely. But even Jesus had to come off the mountain every now and again. The purpose of the church is worship. What is the mission of the church? I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said this. It's in your worship guide on the screen behind me. The church has been left on this earth to be a witness to the gospel and the truth she has received from God and be diligent in it. 
Because the world could not possibly know unless she told it. Amen. Which leads me and you to Matthew 28, drop to verse 19. Some of the most familiar verses in all of Scripture. You've heard it preached. You've heard it teach. This is the mission of the church. This is the mission of living water. This is the mission of every individual that knows Jesus Christ. Your Bible says this. Therefore, pause. If there's a therefore, don't brush over it. You have to know what it's there for. You have to. If you don't know what it's there for, you could take it out of context. He started verse 19 with therefore. To understand what it's there for, listen to verse 18 where he says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus said, I'm all-encompassing authority, heaven and earth. Therefore, since I am all authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of of the age. What's the mission of the church? The mission of the church is to proclaim the word. The mission of the church is to declare. And the world is to listen. When I say world, I I don't just mean people that aren't like us. When I say world, I use it in the context that the scripture does and that is those who need to know Jesus. Those who have drifted, those who have strayed, those who have wandered. The mission of the church is to proclaim and the world is to listen. We are not to listen to the world. I'll say it one more time while you take another sip of coffee. The church is to proclaim and the world is to listen. We are not to listen to the world. Once they listen and they will receive, we're to teach them the deeper things of God. That is the context of verses 18 and 19 and 20. Notice, the church proclaims, the world listens. The church declares, the world listens. And, 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 and it's not my idea. I didn't invent this. This was the order established by the risen Savior. That we would declare, we would proclaim, and the world would listen. Amen. The early church saw miracles. The early church walked and talked with the light, with the truth, with Jesus. Amen. The early church saw wonders, and at first it terrified them. They didn't know what to do with this. They didn't know what to do with the information. They didn't know what to do with Jesus. It terrified them, oh, but one day it motivated them. One day it excited them, and they couldn't contain it. And if you flip to the book of Acts, don't do it, but you will see what happens when men and women of God decide to fulfill the mission of the church, and that is to declare and to proclaim. You see what happens. 4,000, 5,000 at a time come to know Jesus. The mission is to declare. I want you to think about this. With, with joy, they were, they were tortured, they were persecuted, they, 
they had to hide in many cases. But now get this, get this please. With joy, Paul said, count it all joy. But I'm hiding right now. I'm, I'm scared. They're, they're coming to get me. With joy, they eventually came to a place where they could leave the empty tomb. They could leave the empty tomb and they raced the way to spread the news of Jesus Christ. That's the mission of the church. The mission of the church is to stop hanging around at the manger. The mission of the church is to stop hanging around at the cross. The mission of the church is to stop hanging around at the tomb. You know I'm not making light of it. But the reality of it is, turn the page to the book of Acts. We need to do something. We need to go. We need to fulfill the mission of the church. Amen. Just a few days later, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And he confirmed the truth. And to add a new divine communication and knowledge that it brought even more power to their witness, to their testimony, to their proclaiming, to their declarations. Are you following me? The mission. The mission of the church. This is how it began and this is how it's supposed to be. The early church had the message. The world needed the message. Living water has the message. The world needs the message. You in this audience and I, we have the message. There's those that need the message. And, and, I, and, and I, totally, I totally understand that we have been duped to a certain degree. I believe that folks should be able to, you should be open to living in a fishbowl. I believe that. But lifestyle evangelism gets no one saved. How will they know if they don't? you got to proclaim. The mission of the church is to proclaim and declare. The world needs it. I need it. You need it. These early believers, I have so much respect for them. and I honor them. They believed with everything they had. They took risks that no one in this room or under the sound of my voice and especially myself, can even understand. They risked everything. But interestingly enough, if you kind of fast forward in time, succeeding generations that had not seen Jesus, that had not looked upon Him with their natural eye, but yet had an encounter with Him, they experienced Him. The, the first generation church Seen him, walked with him, talked with him. Succeeding generations, they were unable to do that. Well, then how did they know? Oh, they knew because Christ followers in the day decided somebody's got to spread this. Somebody's got to tell. Somebody's got to go. Therefore, go. And they went. Thank you, Jesus. And they went to Jew. They went to Greek. They went to Gentile. They went to bondmen. They went to... Freemen, they went to rich, they went to poor. What did they do? They went to declare and to testify and to proclaim. They went to miss, to, to, to witness, because that was their mission. The mission was to witness. What does a witness do? A witness doesn't create the law, invent the law, or even uphold the law. A witness tells what he knows. You get subpoenaed and go, and you have to be a witness. Listen, you are only obligated to say what you know. Oh, maybe we've uncovered a little bit of the problem. 
It's that experiential data that we need with Jesus Christ that helps us be able to go and become witnesses, which is our mission. Our mission. Fast forward a little more, and the early church grew. And they spread. Hallelujah. And those who had a real encounter with Jesus, there was an inward working of the Holy Spirit that they could not stop. And you could not stop them. There was a passion that welled up inside of them to fulfill the mission. And the mission was to proclaim and declare. Why did they do that? They felt like they had something worth saying. Amen. They felt like they had something worth telling the world. And they understood their purpose. That was to worship. And they understood their mission to proclaim, to go, to make disciples, to invite, to engage, declare. You get the idea. And here's what they knew. They were convinced that they had the truth. It was settled. And they had the truth that the world desperately needed. It was a truth that they could no longer keep hidden. It was burning inside of them. They couldn't ignore it. They couldn't run from it. It was, it was their mission. It was their mission to declare and proclaim. And it continued through the ages, and here we are, on the cusp of 2020, and it is as it should be today. See, the, the mes message has never changed. Methods I don't care about. I don't care how you share the gospel. Methods are not my concern. The message never changed, and the mission has never changed. Amen. When the church, when you and I our conscience of this ever-present, all-knowing, all-loving God, hallelujah. And when the church walks in love, and that is the love that only Jesus Christ can give, the world will listen. Listen, they may turn their back on the messenger. They will never turn their back on the message because they can't. They may reject it. Oh, but there's a seed there's a seed that's been planted, and that seed that was planted was the truth, the gospel, that which is our mission, to declare it. In other times, I would say most of the time, instead of rejection, there's a result for the labor. There's a harvest, if you will. And those who repent, go on with Jesus, they continue, but please do not miss the heart of my message today. 100% of the time, the world was always on the receiving end. 100% of the time, the world was on the receiving end of the message. The church testified and bore witness and the world heard. They were on the receiving end and and I need you to track with me because I believe God's given me something to say. And I pray you hang with me. I believe it's a clarion call to the church. I believe it's a clarion call to living water. And I believe it's for me and for you. God, I just ask you to bless every word that comes out of my mouth. May it glorify your name. God, may men and women hear my heart's cry today. 
I pray, Lord, that anything that happens here today brings you glory, lifts you up, God, and makes Jesus more famous on this earth. And anything good that happens here today is because of you and the wonderful, unchanging, powerful name of Jesus. What's the church say? Amen. Now hang with me, please. There's a danger that's crept in concerning the mission of Jesus' church, the bride. There's a danger that slipped through as it relates to the church's position. Say position. I know you're still alive. A position. There's a danger that has crept in that has caused us to forget our position in Christ. Our position. Our position. This word has haunted me. I, 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 listen, I believe that many have abandoned our position and we're now falling into a state of transposition. Musicians in the house, raise your hand so I can relate to you. Okay, listen, listen, listen. If you've got a, if you've got a song you're getting ready to do and you're like, mm, man, that's a little high, I can't go there, you will transpose that song. You will literally go through the same progressions in terms of scales, etc., etc., but you have changed the root. You have changed the foundation when you transpose music. We have allowed our position to be at jeopardy. Our position in Christ, our position to the world. And we find ourselves in a state of transposition. The definition of that word is to change the normal order of, to interchange, to replace one for another. And we are seeing a tragic reversal in the church. And I won't be quiet about it. I just won't. I won't. I won't. We've seen a reversal in the church and it's happened right before our eyes and we've allowed it. This this, this transposition is so monstrous that it's grotesque. This, 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 this transposition is, is heinous. It's, it, it is a disfigurement, if you will, of what Jesus intended when he spoke the words we read in Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20. It's, it, it's a transposition of those things. It's, it's not what he intended I'm going to make some broad statements, but I say I'm on the authority of the Word of God, not with judgment. Listen, if you knew, if you knew how bad I did not want to preach this message, you'd probably want to find a new pastor. But it must be said, and I'll say it, and I say it in trembling before an almighty God. The church is losing her testimony. The church is losing her witness. What has she to say to the world?
Furthermore, is it being said? And you're like, yeah, bro, you're the preacher. It's not how it works. All of us are preachers. All of us have a mission that is to declare our, the church's audacious witness has turned into an apologetic whisper. We're, we're sorry we offended. The church's dogmatic declarations, not, not preferences, hear me clearly. Dogmatic declarations of the unchanging truths have become now soft suggestions to the world. We used to go and declare to the world, and now we go and inquire of the world. The church was built on men and women of action that wouldn't settle for just giving religious advice. They knew their mission. What have we to say to the world? Oh, we have the greatest story ever told. We got a story that involves our redemption. A story that Involves our only hope. We have a story that involves joy when times and the outside looking in would not seem we could have joy. What's the message that we have for the world that it doesn't end here? The message we have for the world is that there is a creator. We've sung about him today. And he loves you and me and everyone that wants and needs to hear this declaration and proclamation. He loves them. And here's the thing, unconditionally. We say we love unconditionally. Let's be honest. It's hard. But Jesus comes and declares that he loves unconditionally. He is love. Oh, we have a message we have a message. We have a message of peace. We have a message of unity. We have a message that is not confusing. I didn't say we would understand everything. I'm saying it will not cause confusion. We have a message that is clear. We have a message that is spelled out in the Bible. The inspired Word of God. We have a message that even gives us the opportunity to fulfill our mission. The message is Jesus. The message is hope, love, peace. And the message is that there is a heaven. Thank you, Jesus. But there's a hell. Do you feel the weight of that at all? How can we not proclaim? How can we not declare? 
come out of tables, they've turned. There's been a transposition and the ministers of Jesus are, they're, they're kind of looking to the world for answers. <laughs> how, how do I grow my church? How do I? We need to get back to our position. And our position is to walk in and fulfill the mission. And let me be clear. I'm not speaking about some pseudo-faith system. I'm not even addressing false religions. I'm, 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 the, the, the subject of my message today are not silly cults. The, the target today from the Lord Is the postmodern evangelical church that I that I love? That's who I speak of. I, I, I don't speak of those who have denied the authenticity and authority of the scriptures. That's not who I'm talking about today. That's not who God is addressing today. God is addressing the church. Men and women who know Jesus Christ, the church that has swallowed the lie that is, in order to be relevant, you got to be trendy. The church, the church, I'm speaking about the church, men and women who spew verses without a trace of authority. Is anybody tracking with me at all today? I'm talking about pastors and leaders and teachers that correct and lead their flock like weak-chinned, spineless dads who have lost the respect of his family long ago instead of scripturally and lovingly drawing the biblical line. That's who I speak of. That's who I speak of. The Bible is the standard. The Bible's the standard, man. I don't make the standard. You don't make the standard. I'm, I, man, I'm, I ain't going to war with you over your preferences. We can talk about them. I love talking to people. But be careful that we do not make our preferences our convictions. Listen, the only way that you can ensure that the mission is accomplished is that we we have to understand that fear cannot be part of the equation and we can't just go around agreeing with everyone that contradicts that word we can't we can't now now, now, now just let that rest there for a second because listen we've got to stop presenting Jesus as some religious tranquilizer He's, he's no semblance of lordship, no, no semblance of being the king of kings and lord of lords. We present him that he's just going to make our life better. Do you understand that that is not always the case? The afterlife is better. Man, I wish you'd have shouted there, but I'll keep going. I speak of the people who are like those found 
in Isaiah chapter 4. Go there, please. Go to Isaiah chapter 4. I need you to be there. I need you to see this. Listen, I, listen, I know what I'm talking about today. I know what I'm talking about. I know what God has said to me. And it is in brokenness that I stand before you today. And I declare that if the church doesn't get back to her mission, she will die. Amen. She will go away. The doors will shut. And we'll open another Starbucks. The church, again, I know the Lord's making big, broad swipes. If it hooks you in the jaw, take it. If it doesn't, pray. Amen. Pray for me if you can't think of anybody to pray for. In Isaiah chapter 4, it was a result of judgment that happened in Isaiah chapter 3. The, 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 the daughters of Zion will have fewer husbands, fewer men to choose from, to take as husbands because of many were killed. So this judgment took place and off the face of the earth. So the daughters of Zion, they kind of got into panic mode, if you will. Some would be so desperate for marriage, they would accept anything. They would accept any man. They wouldn't expect their husbands to take care of them. They, all they wanted was the name. All they wanted was the name because they wanted to be sure they wouldn't be shamed. They just wanted the name. They wanted the they wanted their reproach taken away because in that day, without a husband, you were lesser than. Thank God for Jesus who changed that. Amen. Ladies, thank God for Jesus who changed that. Amen. We're equal. They wanted to take the name. They, 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 they wanted to avoid reproach. But they weren't interested in a real relationship. They just wanted the name. They wanted the name. The name. They wanted the name. They wanted the name. Not a relationship. They wanted the name. I can't be in the street if I don't have a name. Listen, I got to be hooked up with someone. God help me. Verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 4. Your Bible says this. In that day, what day? The day I just told you about. Seven women will take hold of one man. Are you following me yet? There's not enough men to go around. And the women, they've got to have a name. they got to have a name or they will live in shame. they got to have a name or they'll live. People will look at them funny. People will act differently to them. They wanted a name. They didn't want relationship. In that day. Seven women will take hold of one man saying, we will eat our own food. You don't got to even get us a food, man. Don't do anything. Look, we'll eat our own food. We'll make it so easy on you. We will wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our approach. Take away our reproach. 
There's a transposition. I don't even like using the word Christian in public. Not because I'm ashamed of it. Because I'm embarrassed of it. And by me. I, I don't, I, God, I, 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 I can't be the only one on this planet burdened by this. I, I can't be the only person in this church that sees it every day of their life. It will take hold. Seven women will take hold of one man. You don't need to do anything for me. I really don't need you for any other thing except for to change my status. I don't need a relationship with you. Listen, that is today's church. I refer to those who have accepted Jesus, but they haven't received Jesus. Come on. They've accepted Listen, 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 listen. I, I didn't come to know Jesus until after Miss Kim and I were married and, and our son was already born. And I don't know, I was 21 probably, something like that. And, and it, was, it was February the 21st, 1983. I know the day. I remember the time. I know the place. I know the song that was sung. Can't tell you what was preached because I didn't care. But at the end, I cared. I cared. Because I accepted Jesus. I accepted that there was a Jesus. I accepted that what everybody that stood on a platform said was true about Jesus. But I never had received him. I never had claimed him. I just had his name. I had his name. Because his name opened doors for me to get into places to do what I love and to play music. It opened doors for me because I took the name. I accepted the name. I did not have a relationship. And on February 21st, I went from just wanting a status change to a position in the kingdom. And he saved me that night. He saved me. I've never been the same since. I ain't perfect. But as my daddy said, thank God I ain't what I used to. To be. Let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. My God, do you see it? Maybe you're thinking, all right, Jeff. We get it. You just painted the most bleak picture you've ever painted. I did my job. I did what God told me to do. I've done what God has told me to do, but if you know me, you know I'll never leave with a mark in the L column. I'll never just tell you the problem and never give solutions. 
ever, ever. I came today to give you a real clear God-given state of the church, but I also came with a real clear God-given hope for the church. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What, Jeff, how do I embrace this mission? How do I leave here today moving this mission forward? What do we do? We recover the message and get busy declaring the truth. We have to recover the message because the message is being stolen. Where's it being stolen? You can't steal something from you. It's being stolen out of our mouths. It's being stolen. Stolen out of our plans and agendas. It's been stolen out of our churches. It's been stolen out of our messages. It's been stolen out of our songs. It's been stolen. It's been stolen. Recover the message. And then daggone it, get busy declaring the truth that Jesus is alive. And he came to seek and to save the world. The lost. That's what we do. Okay, okay, Jeff, awesome. Got it. Yeah, awesome. So what do we declare What do we declare? I'll write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, you need to declare that God is everything. God is everything. There is nothing outside of him. Nothing. God's everything. Do you hear me today? He is the ultimate reality that brings meaning to all other realities. What do I say, Jeff? I don't know what to say. Say, God is everything. And everything that comes out of your mouth is filtered through the reality that God is everything. And if what you're getting ready to say does not lift that up, then shut it. Because we don't need the transposition to get any worse. We need men and women in humility to stand and declare that Jesus is alive and God is everything. Where's my church at? Come on, come on. He's the ultimate reality. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. You are my, say it, say it. You are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You've been chosen to know me, to believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never, oh God, there never has been. There never will be. Are you seeing this? Oh, come on, that's in your Bible. God is everything. It's always been the message. But we've, we've dumbed it down so much. Nowhere in here does it say that we should do that. Nowhere in this book does it say we abandon the mission of Matthew 28. Nowhere, nowhere. And by God, we'll reclaim the mission. Or we'll lock it up. We'll lock it up. The mission, the mission, the mission. Verse 13, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one, no one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one, oh God, no one can undo what I have done. God is everything. No one can undo what God has done. You can't undo creation. You can't undo a life change. Unless you forget your position and embrace a transposition. 
thus changing the root, the foundation. It'll look the same as you're going through life, but you started on a different root. We declare that God is everything. Number two, we declare that we are made by God and for God. Period. The answer, the answer to the question from a little child's lips. Mommy, where did I come from? Daddy. Where did I come from? It's never more accurate than God made you. God made you. You are different than everybody else in the world. And that's okay. The most precious answer you can give is God made you. You came from God. You came. Do you feel it? You, the greatest minds of the world can't improve that answer. Right. Yeah, hey, Dad, Daddy, where did, where did I come from? Huh? Came from God. He made you. He molded you before you were born. He had a plan for you. Before you ever popped your little ugly head out. And they all ugly, so don't say they ain't. Before that ever happened, God took his big divine pen and opened to the Jeff Burke chapter. And he began to write. And he began to write the destiny of every born again child of God on the planet that has ever lived and ever will live. He wrote it down. There's a purpose for you to be here. There's a plan for you to be here. You've got a destiny and a calling from Christ. But First and foremost, it is to fulfill your mission to tell the truth about Jesus. Amen. The Bible is clear. It teaches that God made the heavens and the earth. It also teaches that it made that God made you and me. And we were made by him, but we were made for him. He made us for his pleasure. It's in here. He made us for his glory. He made us. He made us to make a difference. heart breaks heart breaks we were made by God we were made for God before you go write a check you can't cash get this he didn't create you to argue no no he didn't create you to debate or to manipulate no, 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 no. We're created to declare and proclaim in love. We aren't created to punk down somebody. We aren't 
created so that we can be right and everybody else wrong. We were created to fulfill the mission. The mission is to go. Declare. Proclaim. The gospel. That is our mission. Seeing who God is. The best we can. Seeing who God is. Knowing who we are. Seeing who God is. Knowing who we are. A right relationship between God, you, God and me, God and the church. Knowing who we are. Understanding that God and we were created by God for his glory and for his, a right relationship is paramount. Or you will not be able to fulfill the mission. I won't be able to fulfill the mission because I will be a liar. And a hypocrite. And I won't be that. We've got to allow God the leading of the Spirit to bring us to a place to, 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 to move us from the inside out, to, to bring us to a place where we understand exactly where we are, where we understand the condition of our relationship. Because if you try to go out on your own strength, you will not last. Neither will I. No one will. Say amen. amen. We've got to bring ourselves to a place where God will be eternally pleased us, that God will be receiving glory for all of eternity because you and I fulfilled the mission. That's what he wanted. That's why he left us here. Were that not the case, then Jesus wasted his air and he never did that. And that were that not the case, he would have took us to heaven as soon as we said yes to Jesus. You're still here. I'm still here. The church is still here. My God, let's do what we were set here to do. Amen. Knowing me, knowing my sin, knowing my moral ignorance, me, I got to be honest and say that my relationship with God is so important that it must be settled before anything else in my life is settled. If anybody under the sound of my voice that even wonders where they are with the Lord, and you walk out of this place, you need to hear me. You missed the opportunity of a lifetime. Listen, listen. The most dangerous word in all of Scripture is tomorrow. Pharaoh would rather spend the night with a bunch of toes. And when he was confronted about it, frogs on his head, frogs down his gown, stepping on frogs, frogs croaking all over the joint. And Moses said, you let my people go and these frogs will go away. Hmm. Come talk to me tomorrow. He would rather spend another night in that condition than to take the gift 
of having that which is the picture of sin, shame, removed. Wait, what? But it happens every... And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just begging you. Your soul, your sp- it's not worth that. Do you under- it's not worth another day with fill in the bl- It's not worth, listen, man up, make a decision on your own. Woman up, make a decision on your own. And say, with the help of God, I will get this relationship right because it is paramount. Because I cannot fulfill my mission that God has given me. I can't walk in my destiny. I can't do what God told me to do. I can't become what he's told me to become. Because I just need the name. I need the name to make me feel better. I need... I need the name to do away with my guilt. I need the name so that it takes away my reproach, relationship, tomorrow. 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 No, 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 no. No, not tomorrow. Today. 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 If you're here and, and, and you know Jesus, it's not, a, it's not a maybe if, well, I don't know. No. Yes, you do. If you're saved, we affect our relationship with God when we lose focus on our mission. It affects our relationship with God when we get lazy and apathetic. It affects our relationship with God. Do you understand that? And I'm not asking that in a condescending way. We have to understand that. We can't go forward if we don't understand that. It affects our relationship with Jesus. And we've already agreed that affecting that relationship with Jesus is the worst decision we can make. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you're listening via podcast from wherever you are, listen to me. I love you, but I don't love you like God loves you. I love you. What I have is yours. Whatever me and Miss Kim have, you can have. I will not give my son for you. Not going to happen. I don't love you like that. But God, oh, but God does. And if you are here, and for whatever reason, you've settled for tomorrow. When when he gets right, then everything's going to be, no, 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 no. You're not responsible for any of that. You're responsible for your relationship with Jesus. I'm responsible for mine. Amen and amen. Listen, you cannot, you will not be able to fill that void in your life with anything outside of Christ. You won't. You won't. And you know it. But Jeff, I I can't get to God. If I can't get to God What do I do? The answer is found in the Christ follower's declaration. 
The answer to that is found in the Christ follower's witness. The answer to that is found in the Christ follower's testimony that God came to us in the form of a baby. His name was Jesus. Who is Jesus, you ask? He's God with us. He's Emmanuel. He came to help us. He came to heal us. He came to woo us. He came to win us. He came to seek us. He came to save us. Are you with me today? That's the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. You can't get to Jesus. That's why grace has been played. It moves Jesus to you. Tomorrow is the wrong answer. We've got to fulfill the mission for him to be able to save us. He first had to die. Not just so that he could destroy the, the record of our sin. <laughs> Although, I'll take it. I said I'll take it. Yeah. Not just, he didn't die on the cross just to destroy the record of my sin. He died on the cross to give me power over sin. And you too. And I said, and you too. See, Jeff, you don't understand. Please don't say that to me. I love you. I will listen to anything you say. Do not say to me, I don't understand. Don't say it. Don't say it. And I'll never say it to you. Because you, me, we're not exceptions to God's rule. No, 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 no. Take the victim hat off. Put the I need Jesus hat on and feel the grace of a Savior come to you and envelop you, restore you, redeem you, save you. That's our message. That's our mission. And all of this declares the Christ follower that's fulfilling their mission. All of this declares and testifies and is the witness of the church, or it should be, that Jesus died on the cross perfectly and passionately and once and for all. Mission to declare and to proclaim the gospel is our message one message number one and, and, and then after that's received after that's heard by the world and they receive that message and own that message and claim it as their own when that happens then we engage with another message of discipling and teaching and leading and helping and crying when they cry, and laugh when they laugh, and we're there when you need us, and, and we will embrace you. But listen, 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 listen. You can't just take the parts of Jesus you want. You can't. You can't. You can't. He's not a, he's not a spiritual vending machine where you put in your time at church like dropping coins, and you say, I want B7 today. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. And uh, listen, it's not how it works. And daggone it, we're not reducing the message to that. 
I said it earlier. He's not a religious tranquilizer for your life or mine. He's God. He's the Lord of Lords. It doesn't change. This is the mission of the church. It's a journey. It's a journey of pursuing holiness and hating sin. It's a journey. Men, listen to me. Men, it's a journey where you lead your family in the way that is right. You take the old paths, according to Scripture. Lead. You lead with love. You lead like a servant. This is the mission of the church. This is the mission of the church. In living water, we can't allow ourselves to be entrapped and entangled by the lies that it's something different than. cannot allow ourselves to be enslaved again. Above all, we must never go to the world for answers. We don't go to the world for answers. It is we who must go to the world because we have the answer. And his name is Jesus. And that is our mission. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for I thank you for the bird. I thank you for the message. I thank you for the message. I thank you for the power in the word, the power of when you speak, when the spirit moves. Oh, God, I thank you for that. I pray, Lord Jesus, anyone under the sound of my voice. Oh, that has a semblance to the women in Isaiah. Chapter 4, oh, I pray, oh, that we would come and that we would write our relationship, not just try to avoid reproach. Oh, God, you didn't call us to try harder. It called us to surrender. I pray, God, with a broken heart that you Withdraw the lost to you, the lost in this very room. Draw them to you. Lord, I just pray. Those of us who have taken your name, but we failed at your mission, to some degree, it's still failure. And God, we're going to get up again, but first we must repent. We must repent. We must turn. 
We must kill the fear that is in us. Fear dies today. Fear dies today. Lord, I just pray. That men and women would come to this altar and pray for boldness to proclaim your message. Oh, not, not, to, not to keep correcting and not to keep being right, but oh God, in humility, we would do it to fulfill our mission to go and tell the world about Jesus. This is for you and because of you, Lord. I have done what you've told me to do. Bless your name, Jesus. I have one question, and I will say another. I won't say another word. What is it God's telling you to do? Why don't you come?